following is a presentation of the Retro Network. Strap in, movie fans. We're about to take you 30 years into the past to explore the biggest blockbuster hits of the 1990s. I'm Pete. And I'm Michael. And And this this is is Box Box Office Office 30. 30. Welcome to Box Office 30 for June 1992. I am Pete, and as usual, I'm joined by my good buddy and co-host, Michael. How are you doing, sir? I'm surviving. Uh, So I moved out of my house to start some construction, and I've been living with my in-laws for a week with my children, (laughs) and and, uh, it's been quite an adventure already between a giant hole in my front lawn and just, you know... Everything that goes along with it. It's, and I also turned 40 this week. So. I was just about to say, you got to it before I could. Happy birthday. We, we celebrated the big 4-0. So. Yeah, don't turn 40. I, <laughs> I got to say, it's uh, it's one of those like moment of self-realization things. You're like, oh, man, this is it. I'm at the, other, I'm at the wrong side of where I'm supposed to be. Yeah, I'm not still convinced that you ever saw it because I don't think I ever got a reaction from you. But I made Michael a little birthday meme and sent it to him. The um, Obi Kenobi thing. I yes. saw it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, for anyone, maybe baby spoiler alert who hasn't caught up entirely on the uh, that's uh, their Obi- problem. It was, it was the first two episodes. It's- I won't mention who says it, but uh, somebody asks Obi Wan if he's a Jedi, and, and he's like, "Yeah," and he's like, "It's just you kind of look old and beat up." So I. Said, <laughs> I made Mike a little, uh, you turned 40 year old and beat up meme. <laughs> yes. it, it feels about right. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not quite there yet myself, but it feels about right here oh, too. So six, I, I hear six you. Six months from now, you'll feel it. You'll feel it. <laughs> so this episode is uh, going to drop a little bit late. Um, Mike and I, Mike's had a very busy week and I've had a very busy week because he's been doing a, a number of different things, not the least of which is birthday stuff. And I've been stuck in jury duty. So um, we went to record last night, had some technical difficulties. You can, so we're you actually can, recording. Say, it, you can say it. I no, forgot right. my charger to my laptop and the laptop died. <laughs> you done messed up. <laughs> um, but we're actually recording now, like when the episode would usually be dropping. So I'm going to try and scramble this out and get it out later today. So <laughs> this is as fresh as it gets. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but, uh, that said, I think it's probably going to be a, a quicker episode. Uh, June's a little bit of a later month. So how about we get into the new and new to you?
All right, so I think the big ticket item here, and maybe forgetting anything else in the meantime, you and I were really wanting to chat a little bit about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. So what was your take on that movie? It's okay. It's, <laughs> it's better than the first. Uh, I feel like it's more hype than wow. And I think you defined it best in saying that Though it's the multiverse of madness, it's a multiverse basically into itself of Doctor Strange and not really interconnected with anything else in the multiverse. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's a lot of hype going into this movie that as soon as this movie hit, it was going to be X-Men are in the MCU and Fantastic Four are going to be in the MCU. And like all these other characters are going to come into the MCU via this movie. And while I think it opens up channels for how some of those things can enter, like, again, baby spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, it's out of the theaters and on Disney Plus, go see it. (laughs) Um, But, you know, we get, you know, Professor X and we get Black Bolt and we get, you know, uh, Captain Carter. You know, I think this movie was borrowing some things from um, What If, which is another kind of multiversal sort of you know, taking a look at things, but I think this movie is not the solution. I think it's just another stepping stone among Loki and and several other things that are leaning towards the multiverse and things like that. But I, you know, I don't think that we're going to be just like hand fed all these characters in this. And again, like another kind of cool little pop in on this. I mean, it's like the whole movie is, is kind of fun and interesting and whatever. And it's like, you needed to see WandaVision and all this. But I think like some of the most memorable stuff is the Illuminati section of it. And, and they're playing like punks. <laughs> yeah, well, and they dead. <laughs> Sorry, but like, man, they were like in and out in like a couple of minutes, you know. But um, yeah, Mr. Fantastic, smartest man on the planet, like hand delivers. Spaghetti. Which, well, he turns to spaghetti, but he hand delivers her how to like – He's like, oh, well, Black Bolt doesn't need to you know, yeah. speak to you or whatever he says. And then it's like she's like, oh, well, maybe he won't speak. It's like, well, damn, if you didn't say anything, he could have like probably nuked her right on the spot. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whatever. Um, fun movie. Enjoyable movie. I like the, the Doctor Strange character, especially portrayed by Benedict Cumberbatch. I like that there was some more horror elements in this because – um, I'm not a big Doctor Strange reader, but like from what I've seen and from some of the animated um, uh, movies that they've put out in the past, you know, definitely has more of a horror tinge sometimes. And I yeah. like that about it, um, just like the Justice League dark stuff. Um, but it, it, I don't know. It, it like it's fine. It's probably like, you know, in my bottom 10, I'd five say, yeah, the, I'd say- of the, of the Marvel movies, yeah, um, you know, I think there's others where, like, I'm like, I kind of don't never need to watch those. I.e., like the, uh, it's not really even like Thor two, the, the Dark World. I'll watch that, but yeah, I don't need to like go out of my way to watch that. I was thinking things like the Hulk movie that, like, I don't even know, count it, those really. They that's feel what like- I say. Like, I don't even know if they're genuinely in the chronology or not, but. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'll probably watch it again sometime in the near future here. Um, I really liked America Chavez. Um, I, that's another character I just don't know a ton about. Yeah, I neither um, do I. So I, I thought that was fun. I liked Sam Raimi's style on this. Um, 
you know, I like the evil dead in jokes, which you probably don't get. But when we're coming up in the not too distant future here on Army of Darkness, I'm going to sit down and make you watch that with me. Mm. And all of a sudden that post credits bump scene might make a lot more sense to you. (laughs) that That was pure evil dead Army of Darkness fan schlock right there. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, my vote is check it out, but, like... It's on know, Disney Plus, then. I'll pay for it. Stuff to, to, to watch in the meantime, you can probably take your time getting to it. <laughs> okay. Fair. I agree. So I have two other uh, new or new to me. First, the new, the Disney Plus Chippendale movie. <laughs> okay, before you go further on that, let me just say I started this with the kids, and the little one started kind of complaining about it. So I didn't get to watch the rest of it. But my wife, Ange, was like, who is this made for? And I'm like, this was made for me. <laughs> exactly. It was made for me too. Yes. Oh my God. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I didn't particularly like that, you know, Dale was CGI and 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 Chip was, you know, 2D. But I get it still for the, for the joke of it. But it I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. I sat through it in literally one sitting, and everyone's like, "Why are you?" I'm like, "This is my childhood re- revisited." I thoroughly I think enjoyed the it. The thing that was throwing me off was their voices because I was yeah. so programmed to like know what Chip and Dale sound like that to have it being like John Mulaney and um, what's his Andy Samberg. Andy Samberg. That I was just like, it's kind of odd. But then, like, I'm also like, this is completely farcical. You just got to take it. Yeah, just got to go with it. it. Is. Yeah. <laughs> but it almost then felt strange that Disney like had somehow okayed this and like moved ahead with it. It seems I like know. something that the two of them would have just done, like you know, like on like a like as a like a goof. As or a something. goof, yeah. So yeah. my other new, well, it's really a new to me movie. I finally saw Tenant, and I oh, wow. hated it. Hated it. <laughs> hated it. It is my least favorite Christopher Nolan movie by far. It is the worst one. Hands down, it is horrible. It's I hate funny. That. I thought you had seen this already. Yeah, I mean, it's another take it or leave it. Like, as far as, like, accomplishment in cinema and visual effects and things is kind of neat. Overrated. But it's also really hard to get through it to enjoy that stuff. Yeah. You know, like, there's some kind of really cool and thought out choreography in their fight scenes and things and sort of how they handle it. But, like... I don't know. It's just, it's like, it's almost more like art piece. Like it's, it's like more like just about the concept. Like it's a conceptual piece. Like it's more about the concept than it is the plot or things, which makes it, I think really hard for your average viewer to get through. But I don't think I finished it. I think I got like 90 ish percent of the way through and DNF would it. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I didn't like it. I, I think it was Chris Nolan saying, hey, you're going to go see a movie because I made the movie. And yeah. that's it. That, that's all I got for, <laughs> for, for new and new to me. What about you? My only other one I will list, and I'm I'm almost embarrassed to say that, that I watched this, but I felt compelled to. I saw Jackass Forever. <laughs> and uh you know i've been watching the jackass movies and jackass show since their inception so i felt compelled to watch this and it's bizarre because it's like they're all like geriatric yeah. <laughs> versions of themselves like steve-o even says somewhere like right in the beginning of the movie like um like the last movie they're like where do you think you're gonna be in like i think either 10 or 20 years 
And he's like, oh, I can't imagine making another one of these. And he's like, here we are. You know, and it's like, you know, they've got like new people in now because like some of the other people aren't there anymore. And it was a jackass movie. I mean, like it is what you expect. Um, and I guess, you know, in the uh, immortal words of, of Forrest Gump, that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> All right, so uh, I think that's enough new and new to you. How about we head over to our Box Office 30 for June 1992? All right. Right. June 92, you know, there's a couple like big deal films that come out, you know, in this month, but I was really shocked. This might be the shortest list that you and I have ever. Oh, by far for this. For sure. But without a doubt. Absolutely. I have a count here of seven films in June. That are new. (laughs) That are new in June. Yeah. Like, so there's other stuff that's still ongoing from May and things like that, but as far as new releases in June 1992, I've only got seven. And one of those is even a re-release of an older film. Yeah. So um, we'll get to that in a minute, but let's take a look at our, our top stuff. So um, maybe not surprisingly, our top film for June is Batman Returns with a June gross of $103.4 million with a, a, actually a kind of a late start on June 19th. Yeah. So, you know, came out slugging towards the end of the month. Um, I will. I will I, point out. I will point out. And um, Batman Returns has the best teaser poster ever made. <laughs> it's just literally the cowl and says "Returns," and that's it. And then they later on released other ones, but that teaser poster is money. Yeah, I know you and I were just. I, you'd seen it already. I saw the thing off Sideshow um, last night, like the '89 cowl, which they said is actually like built from the, like, mold. the the mold that they use, which I was like, that's pretty darn cool. It's yeah. like, while you can't probably own the original without spending like an absolute fortune, you could spend a baby fortune <laughs> and get the, the, uh, the mock one for what was it? 800 some odd dollars. $804. <laughs> what are you Here's talking the, about? My show. This is my, my newest side. So, uh, acquisition here. Ooh. Um, can you describe to the viewers what we're seeing? <laughs> you, sir, are ha- have a replica Boba Fett helmet with yes. multiple scuff marks and the indented uh, chrome, yes, chrome dome. Yes. <laughs> um, but this is um, the Hasbro Black Series, which really? I've actually collected a couple things from now, and I've been really happy with it. I know this is like a tangent, but, um, you know, they have on Sideshow uh, like a full-size replica of his helmet for like 600-something. Mm-hmm. And I've been sorely tempted to 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 do that if, if I had 600 to spend on such a thing. But, uh, yeah, this Black Series that Hasbro keeps putting out, they're really nice quality. I mean, they're, they're like plastic, you know, like you're not going to get like metal or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but they look the part. And they're like 125 bucks usually. It's not bad. Um, and this one has like 
fold down oh, that's like cool. and it has uh, a real laser a cool. little light that goes blinking and then like this little section that it's hard to tell because it's like daylight yeah but, like this little visor that like lights up as targeting with the viewfinder reticule. yeah um so it's pretty neat and then like i have like the um star lord helmet um from the same line and that um the eyes light up um, a bunch of different colors and uh it actually has like a Bluetooth speaker in it. So like, like star Lord, you can put your um, jams on and things like that. So I don't know. I've been pretty impressed by, by those 80s things. Tunes. So, yeah. So like I, I'm, I'm a collector, but I'm like kind of a, a cheaper collector, but I still enjoy some of the stuff that's, that's getting out there. It's all good. I digress. Yes. So um, I know we this were talking stemmed, about Batman Returns. This all stemmed from me mentioning about a Batman Returns poster. It did. That's that's you and I off on a on another train crash, <laughs> derailing it. Um, Number. Th- I know you mentioned with Batman Returns. We're going to see if we can't get uh, the episode from uh, the recording that you guys did, where you went back and. and I have it. It's on my computer, so we. So I think we'll maybe stick that as a, a bonus episode um, this month in the podcast. Yeah. So you can hear Michael's and friends' extended thoughts on um, Batman Returns. Um, when we get to the the movies, I'll give you a little remembrance of what I have about the film, but but that's where it lands. Uh, sure, for our number one spot. So number two is Sister Act with sixty one point three million in earnings. Um, I think Sister Act um, is another one where I probably saw that later. But uh, again, big, uh, highly remembered film by quite a few folks. Yeah. And finally, in the number three spot is the Jack Ryan thriller Patriot Games, making $58.7 million in June. Now, as I've been doing, I want to mention last month's featured film. So last month's feature film, Lethal Weapon 3, drops down to the number four spot with $43.8 million in June. Still very respectable. And maybe getting a little insight, you know, even just off these four films, why, you know, <laughs> you don't need a lot of new releases in June, basically. Right. Um and then uh, we had our um, poll again. Thanks to everyone, as usual, who voted on our listener poll. Thanks very much to uh, TRN, to Retro Network, um, Jason and Mickey for sharing that. I also want to give a little shout out to um, two other um, Twitter followers uh, that, that retweeted us um, this time and retweeted us last time but couldn't quite get to the goal they were going for. Um, so I want to thank at the Renaissance on Twitter and at fans of Brendan, both, uh, Brendan Fraser, um, fan accounts, as you can probably guess where, where this is going. Yeah. They, they picked up, um, last time, uh, when we had Encino man, uh, on our poll and we threw Encino man back on our poll this month as our wild card. So let's go through, uh, the numbers here. So, uh, way way down at the bottom and by the way i do have to confirm for you because you know last time you're like house sitter is a terrible movie and i'm like really even with with the two of them in it and and i asked Ange, and she's like yeah that's an awful movie (laughs) so yep okay confirmed it's a dog all right so and and doubly confirmed by our our listener poll this month with only 2.9 percent of the vote going to house sitter so yeah, not not uh, not the top of the crop, I guess. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, Sister Act has eighteen point three percent of the vote, which actually I have to say surprised me. Pretty strong. That's a pretty strong uh, number there. 
I mean, kind of. I mean, like, you know, when we get to the rest of the numbers here, you'll see how, where the rest of the voting goes. But I was for sure that Sister Act was going to be either the number one vote or the number two vote. But really? it, it lands in third place for our poll here. Uh, number three, Patriot Games, 27.9% of the vote. And with a whopping 51% of the vote, more than all the others combined, Encino Man, our wild card, is back this month for our featured film. So, <laughs> And I, I got to point out, we had 104 <laughs> votes for this one. That's right, yes. So, so over 50 people voted for Encino Man. So again, I know there's some people in the retro network and in our listenership that, that you know, were, you know, egging it on last month. And I'm assuming that uh, our two um, Brendan Fraser fan accounts were voting on that and bringing in maybe a few other um, people on that. So again, big thank you to everybody who voted, everybody who shared the post. Um, and in speech, and see no man has spoken loud and clear. Um, how you feeling, Michael? <laughs> well, we'll get to that. <laughs> All right, let me let me throw in another like little thing there. It's your notes month. How are you feeling now, Michael? I, <laughs> I realized that this morning, and I'm like, oh, just add insult to injury. <laughs> and I had to like Google where to find this movie, and it's like on like Tubi or something like that. Tubi, like, yes, oh, yeah, that's terrific. apparently the the streaming spot for it right now. Yeah, couldn't quite make it to. HBO or Netflix or anything else, but uh, we'll go. We'll fish it out of Tubi with uh, with ads. <laughs> um, all right, so let's take a look um, down our list. Uh, so, first of all, like we mentioned, number one spot this month, King of the Hill, Batman Returns. Um, I'm not going to make you talk about it, um, but uh, I did want to mention that this is one of the earliest films that I can very clearly recollect as being a birthday movie Yeah, uh, that I had a friend who, um, you know, uh, basically they had their birthday for this. Now that being said, like my mom sent me and it was fine and copacetic, but again, you will have just turned 10. Mm -hmm. I'm nine nine when this comes out. Yeah. Um, not sure that this film's entirely built for a nine-year-old. Maybe. Oh, <laughs> I mean, like, you know, like I show Zoe who's, who's, you know, she just turned nine, uh, a lot of the Marvel films and things like that. But like, there's some like dark and scary. And I think you and I somewhere else talked about Batman Returns. Maybe it was on Wizards or something. Um, but there were some really scary elements that occurred in this, you know, not the least of which Michelle Pfeiffer falling out the window and, you know, kind of being like chewed on by the cats or yeah. Christopher Walken getting like fried by the electrical stuff at the end. And like, when I watch it as an adult, I'm like, all right, like, you know, these things aren't as bad as I remember, but I remember like sitting in the theater as a kid, like in those couple of moments coming along and being like, <laughs> you know, like the, the penguin bites somebody's nose off at a point, you know, like they had some kind of stuff that scared a, a nine year old. I will tell you that when I did do this for my birthday that year, um, at least three people, three of the kids that I invited left halfway through. Really? Really? (laughs) I don't think anybody from our group left, but like, I definitely remember like, like covering my face, like on some of those, like, you know, freakier moments. So, um, overall I, I, I got a kick out of that movie. Um, I want to say, and I can't say it definitively that I might have seen that, 
before I saw the 89 Underst- Batman. Understandable. It's- yeah. And I think it's just, again, comes down to like being like seven and eight and, and, and you know, like, you know, like kind of early-ish, right. you know, ages like at that, I wouldn't have necessarily seen the other one first. Um, very much a departure from the Batman I was used to, which was the Batman 66. Yes. But, you know, like I, I still enjoyed it. And what I think I enjoyed more, and again, this is me just riffing because I know you've probably talked about all this in your other show, um, which I think I listened to, but it's just probably floated out of my head now. Um, I got a kick out of a lot of the peripheral advertising that went on with this. Like, you know, like I was very into Penguins at this point in, in time, it, you know, when I was younger, like just like I really liked Penguins. And so like, you know, they did like a bunch of like, you know, McDonald's crossovers and like, you know, they had like the toys and things like that. So like I was going to McDonald's and getting the Batman Returns toys and things. And like, I think some of the um, toys that even came out, you know, just like the, like the toy line. Um, and remind me, I, cause I think it is like you were um, collecting some of the, the figures that came out from this period of time. The Batman that I got you, the Bruce Wayne, was that part of the returns? Yes, that's returns. It is, yeah. Yeah, I think I had several toys out of that returns uh, that line. Was one of the best toy lines. And because when I was probably in college, my mom gave them away to my cousins. A couple of years ago, I started rebuying the old ones. <laughs> Just Yeah, and I, I mean, like, what's your collection at now, like, as far as some of those go? Because I know Adam was also kind of from um, uh, from Wizards, was also sort of spotting you a few things here and there. I got to say, I got, you know, maybe 10 of the figures, maybe maybe 12 at this point. And, uh, you know, some of them are still in the packaging. Some are out on display. Um they're all in storage right now, so yeah. I can't get a picture of them. But It's funny. I thought I had them prepared, but now I'm not finding them. I um, finally rescued uh, from my parents' house a ton of my old toy stuff that had oh, just wow. been like up in the attic and things like that. And I have an old Batman, and I'm like trying to figure out which one he is. I think it's, it's one of the ones from Batman Returns toy line, but now he's not – sitting here where I thought I had stuck him away for this. <laughs> usually, um, usually they're Batman Returns. Like, that was much more widespread. The Batman 89 figures, there were a decent amount, but nothing like they did for Returns. And, and again, I probably would not necessarily have been collecting them as early. I mean, maybe, you know, maybe I would have um, because the toys are more innocuous, you know, figure 89. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I'll have, to, I'll have to do some detective work, Dark Knight detective work and figure it out. All right. So, all right. Moving down the list, we have Patriot Games at number three. So um, one of the Jack Ryan movies with Harrison Ford. Um, I have a question. Do you yes. know why Alec Baldwin wasn't Jack Ryan in this movie? Like what happened there? I don't. Um, I'd be curious to know. What I would say is that, and I could be way off in saying this, I feel like the Jack Ryan character, at least in these movies, isn't necessarily the same character in each Oh, no. It, I, you know what I mean? I, I so would almost like, say that like, they're almost two totally different franchises. Like It's like the same name that he keeps applying to his characters, but like it's completely different stories. You know, to completely different characters, essentially. So I, if I had to guess, it might be that they want to just differentiate that it's not the same person so that people aren't thinking of it like a sequel. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but I have no basis for saying that. <laughs> so it's just a wild stab in the dark on, on why I would assume that would be the case. Although I feel like Harrison Ford might have played two different Jack Ryan well, he did. characters. Well, he did Patriot Games and he did Clear and Present Danger. Yeah. Those are his two um, movies. So, yeah, again, short answer, I don't know. I mean, maybe um, maybe Harrison was busy with something else at this point. Uh, unclear. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right. Number five on the list, um, house sitter. So, uh, very clearly you remember this better than I do. Um, Steve Martin, Goldie Hawn. Um, I, I ended up reading a little description just cause I was curious then after the fact that it sounds like he has her come house sit, um, and that she kind of starts like taking over his house and, Doing stuff, I don't know. It's a bad movie. Just yeah, I guess so. So, uh, but I was trying to think about like what would two point nine percent of one hundred and four total votes be? <laughs> and without doing the math, I'm assuming that means that there's like you know one or two people voted for that. So there's at least one or two people in our listenership who were who were keen on on hearing about that. So I, I apologize to, to those to those couple that it, it just did not make it. No, not even <laughs> close. Um, number nine on the list, and believe it or not, we're halfway through the list. Unlawful entry. Is this one do anything for you? I have no knowledge of this movie at all. <laughs> um, it feels like some sort of like Julia Roberts kind of a movie. It's at least got Kurt Russell in it. Um, and I'll read you the the uh, byline here. A burglar holds a knife to Karen's throat <laughs> while her husband does nothing. The couple ends up befriending the cop that comes. The friendship ends when the cop beats up the culprit. Karen isn't ready to end it. Things get ugly with the cop. I mean, first of all, weird little <laughs> description, you know. Um, yeah, uh, this is Kurt Russell, Ray Liotta. Um, we, we lost Ray Liotta recently, yeah. um, kind of shockingly. So um, rip Ray Liotta. Yeah. Um, and Madeline Stowe and, uh, you know, a handful of other folks. Um, I don't know. Uh, it, it just, I have no recognition of this, uh, whatsoever. That's okay. It's <laughs> ar- arguably forgettable. <laughs> I mean, probably we'll say that about the next one here too. So next one, I know this movie. I have like recollections of seeing, posters for this in like the movie rental store, but I do not know the films. The next film is called class act. Okay. So, so I'll take let it, us, let it go. Yeah. So this is a kid and play film, not related to the house party movies. They're playing totally different characters, but yet they're essentially the same characters. Um, and basically one of the guys is like the valedictorian and ge- genius the other one is a juvenile delinquent and they kind of switch with each other. And it's kind of funny from what I remember. I haven't seen it in probably close to 30 years, but it's a, it's a cute little movie. But if you're thinking that it's a house party sequel, it is not that it is a totally different (laughs) franchise. And that's all I got to say about it, but it's cool. I like that movie. Yeah, no, I definitely missed this one. I'm actually not, I mean, like maybe I'll catch crap for it. I'm not even really familiar with kid and play to be honest with you. Really? Yeah. I think I, I mean, again, like it's just early on time. I think I just wasn't watching movies like this when I was that young. And then by the time I was a little bit older, I just guess they didn't make it into my, uh, into my wheelhouse. So. Wah, wah. <laughs> what I will say is that they've got 
kind of a crazy poster for this. Yes. Um, and it, it looks like this dude's hair is like a mile tall in, in the poster. Um, and it's like, they're kind of creeping on the girl's locker room um, with like a, like very naked silhouette mm. uh, kind of from the side. So yes, interesting. <laughs> um, all right. Number 20, we're dropping from, from 10 to 20 uh, here in June is the 1992 re-release of the animated Pinocchio. This might be the furthest down of any Disney re-release I've seen thus far. Yeah, I feel like they they tend to pop up a little higher. I will say the release date's June 26th, mm-hmm. so it didn't have terribly long to start earning money. And again, it is like a re-release. They do um, 3.9, if you round up, basically 4 million Um in June. So, I mean, not the worst for an old film popping out of the Disney vault at that time, I guess. Um, I don't know if I would have gone to the theater to see this. Um, you know, we would have probably had the VHS again, depending on whenever the Disney vault released these things by that point, maybe not. Um, Pinocchio, not one of my absolute no, favorite Disney films. Like and, I've and, seen and it getting a live times. action version coming out soon. I was just about to mention. Yeah. Um, I showed this one to Zoe a couple of years ago and she had a pretty meh reaction. Um, again, it's another one that's got kind of like some scary elements, like the kids turning into the donkeys and like, you know, things like that. So did you see it's the kind meme? of a weird old story. <laughs> did you see the meme that just came out about that? It's, it's like a, the silhouetted picture of Pinocchio and it says, all he wants is some human flesh. Yeah, well, that, I shared that, and that's why I was curious. That's why I was just about to mention. I was curious if you had seen that. It was like, it's the poster, but somebody, like, like mocked it up a little bit just says, all he wants is some human flesh. And I was just like, that's perfect. <laughs> um, I will say it's Tom Hanks as Geppetto in the new one. Um, so there's, like, something about that that's like, oh, Tom Hanks, I might have to see it. Um, and there's some other decent people um, in the film, but I don't know. Again, like, I don't know who is asking for this. I know Disney has been on this, like, bender the last, you know, couple of years to, to you know, live action, uh, you know, do the live action turn on, like, animated things, which comes back to, um, you know, you and I talking about Chip and Dale. I think they're even riffing on that idea of, like, it has to be, like, the live action 3D version because the old animated version is no good anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think that's their joke, you know, with that. Um, but I just don't know who is begging for Pinocchio. You know, like, there's probably some other Disney animated films that could, could make an interesting leap to live action if they wanted to. You know, I think there's, like, a hardcore fan base of people that like Jiminy Cricket and, like, you know, always let your conscience be your guide and all that sort of, you know, jazz. But, again, like, I just don't hear people talk about or think about this movie on the regular. So, like, I'm shocked that they went with this over, like, yet another princess movie or something, you know. Um, Like, like, there's a million other ones, you know. Yeah. I I digress. Yes. So finishing out our list here, and I know that you're into a lot of movies like this. this So I I was about to say, and I'm I'm sure that I've seen this. Um, Everyone has seen this. If you've ever grew up in the 90s, Aces, Iron Eagle 3, starring (laughs) Lewis Gossett Jr. It it is awesome. They fly old planes. They're bombing people. It's crazy. It's so nonsensical. (laughs) And basically – the craziest part about it is the main actor of the first two movies gets killed in the first 90 seconds. And then the whole movie is about Louis Gossett Jr. <laughs> nice. It's crazy. 
That's all I got to say about it. But yes. Yeah. I mean, I don't have like a firm recollection on this versus any of the other like jet movies of the 90s or helicopter movies of the 90s. It's not a higher echelon, but it is. They all blend together in my head. You know, (laughs) like it's like if you've seen one, I feel like you've seen them all. But they're all like, as you say, very over the top and and, uh, fun. Yeah. Um, uh, I take it from your new and new to you, you have not yet seen Top Gun Maverick. I have not. Have you? I haven't. Um, I want to go see There's it. some chatter about doing a date night and going to see something like this. Um, like, Top Gun was fine, product of its time. I can't really imagine like how this one pans out. Like I know it's like he's training like the next generation and one of the kids is Goose's son. He's real mad. Um, you know, we keep seeing these like extended trailers and we've seen like Dr. Um, Dr. Strange. I was about to call him Dr. Horrible. Um, <laughs> I miss Dr. Horrible. Same difference. Um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, uh, Dr. Strange and uh, you know, like it was like a trailer full of people doing pushups and I'm like, Okay, you know, like people flying planes, people doing push-ups, you know, and like I just want I, to see I, in the theater just because of the visuals. I, you know, from what I hear, it's just eye popping. But it's basically from what I've heard, and this is just from what I've heard from people. It's like a rehashing of the original. Yeah, and what's funny is a while back, like when because you know, like this movie popped up like in like the Comic Con sort of yeah arena for whatever reason. Um, and I could swear that I had heard at that time that it was Tom Cruise actually flying the the jets, all the jets. My understanding now is that's complete BS that the Navy would not let him touch the controls. And that basically the GoPro that you're seeing is like a view of like the back portion, like of a cockpit and that there's an actual Navy pilot flying See, I, all the stuff. I heard he was flying and they were all real. That's what I'm saying. But like, it's like, it's like, now I got to look it up. I feel like it's like really mixed info. And I'm like, it's, you know, like it'd be kind of lame if they played up like, you know, like in like media that it actually was him and that it actually isn't. Let's say, does Tom Cruise actually fly in Top Gun Maverick? This is exciting stuff. Always Googling, <laughs> uh, Googling one of the things. Yeah, all right. So I, I'm just going to read this quick byline out of a CBS article. It says, if you've seen it, you know, it's full of high flying action, but here's something you may not know. The actors aren't actually flying. They're sitting behind military pilots who are. So, okay. There you have it. We'll accept that as as the as the truth off that one article, but but it is weird because like you know again like this sort of shared dysmorphia that you and I both thought that it had been put out there that he was actually flying the plane in this, and I could swear early on that that was the case that somebody had said something. I knew the other actors were like actually in the planes, but I thought he was actually flying his, but oh well, whatever. Yeah. Cause I know they were using maybe not necessarily GoPros, but something like a GoPro to film the, the action. Cause it's like this very wide shots from inside the cockpit and you get some really neat views. Yeah. Um, but it does sound like quite a lot of flying is done by real people and it's not necessarily all CGI planes and things like right. that. So that's pretty neat. All right. Well that, does it? <laughs> you know, like we're only 30 minutes into our show here, but that's the entire list. So uh, let's see what we can do about recalling Encino Man.
All right. Encino Man is directed by Les Mayfield in his feature directorial debut. It sounds like he had done some documentary work before this. Um, and I did note that he has like other um, producing credits and things like that. But as far as um, directing, he went on to direct other films, including the 1994 Miracle on 34th Street, which I'm sad to say is probably my introduction to Miracle on 34th Street. I would I would bet dollars to donuts. I saw that one before the original um, Flubber, uh, the Robin Williams film, which has I always feel like mixed, uh, mixed feelings yeah. from folks about it. Uh, Blue Streak. American Outlaws, The Man, and Codename The Cleaner. Um, so you've probably seen a few of his films, but it's not a extensive list. I think, by and large, the films I list there are probably like his feature films. Right. <laughs> you know, like that's about the list. Um, it's written by George Zaloom and Sean Sheps. Uh, the former has a number of producing credits, but very few recognizable writing credits. The latter has some more writing credits, including the Pauly Shore film Son-in-Law a year later in 93, as well as a number of minor acting credits. Um, if you go to her profile, kind of the number one thing is that she has kind of like a bit part in the original Terminator. Um, she has like a speaking role oh, really? um, briefly with Sarah Connor, but again, kind of not not a lot of people with like a lot of big ongoing recognizable stuff that we could send you down their uh, rabbit hole. I feel like with uh, film stars, Sean Astin, Brandon Frazier and Pauly Shore among others. Um, and we talked about it's $15.3 million may run last month in June. It does another 19.3 million and finishes with 40.7 million total on a $7 million budget, making it a success. Um, so let's see what we can try and do to recall Encino Man. Um, now I know you're a little, you're not much of a Pauly Shore guy. <laughs> All right. Um, Pauly Shore is one of those actors that I don't know how he ever became famous or, or, or how he ever became successful or even was discovered. Like, I just don't understand it. Like, it really makes no sense because he's so irritating and i started thinking about this in in a deeper form and i realized he was of that stoner you know let's let's call it dazed and confused kind of era and somebody at a studio must have been like he represents those kind of dudes bro and and that's how he became famous to me it seems ludicrous and preposterous that he's yeah well like the backstory of paulie shore is like it's hard to believe but he starts off as a stand-up comedian i don't really know what that looks like but you know like he has all like that kind of like as you say it's it's kind of in like that like stoner comedy sort of realm Mm -hmm. um and i think he got in opening for different people and things like that you know he got like um what does he call that persona of his the weasel. Oh yes. You know, like, you know, and it's just like, you know, it's like, it's like all that kind of like, like how I start off the show. Hey buddy. And he's like, you know, got like that very like specific, unique way of speaking. He's kind of got that surfer feel, which is like stoner surfer feel early nineties, late eighties. You know, it's like, it fits the timing. Um, and MTV picked him up. I don't know if you remember, he had a show called totally Polly. Yeah, I remember. And basically that's it. Like, like that show, um, ran for a while and people got into him. And I mean, I think he's one of these people um, 
like a carrot top, like a Rob Schneider Ugh. that had kind of a shtick. Yeah, those and three love them or hate them. All three of them entered, were horrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, but like you know, like for whatever reasons, like something about the way that they said or did things stuck. You know. Yeah. You know, like whether it's like that, like making copies or like, you know, like whatever, like it, it, whatever it, it stuck with some people. <laughs> so it, 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 it served enough to get him into to some things. So he had, you know, I mean, I think he peaked at this point, like Encino Man, he's got um, Son-in-Law, he's got a handful of films that he's doing in that like early part of the 90s. He's got like like that like sidekick character he plays in uh, a goofy movie where he's basically Pauly Shore as an animated goofy character, yeah. <laughs> you know, like like eating cheese whiz the whole time. Um, I love goofy movie. It is, um, it is good. <laughs> I agree. Uh, but you know, it's just it is you know kind of in that thing. And I think you're not going to find somebody much better as that sort of sidekick character at this point in time in the '90s to fit what this movie's about, which is again kind of like stonerish skateboardish surferish type of kids in Encino, California, yeah. finding a caveman, you know? So like, again, I think it's just 100% a product of its time. Um, and yeah, you know, uh, what was that other one? Um, Biodome. Oh yeah. Was it in the military? I can't think of the name of in the uh, army now. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, it's, Again, it's, love it's, him it's really sad that I can't stand this guy so much, and I know most of his movies. <laughs> well, again, but of course, because he was a fixture of the early '90s, you know, like you couldn't escape it. Like it's just like again, like love him or hate him, Paulie Shore was a thing. Yeah. So, like, you know, you, you end up seeing a ton of these movies, you know, if not at the theater, then by rental. He's the Pete Davidson of that time. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, although I don't know if he was ever together with a Kardashian no, that, person. That's for sure. <laughs> um, so what I can tell you about the recall of Encino Man, and maybe you can do better than me, is basically Sean Astin and Paulie Shore's characters, no idea what their names are, couldn't tell you. Um, they somehow stumble upon a guy frozen in ice, and somehow he thaws, and therefore Brendan Fraser, who's got, you know – the brain of a caveman uh, basically becomes like the star of the high school. And that's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that's largely it, you know, like, uh, like a couple of details that I can add in is again, like the movie starts off with him and his like cave woman. And they're in like frozen tundra, you know, woolly mammoth sort of, you know, time, um, and like a fissure like cracks open and they fall into it. Therefore they're frozen cut to the present. Um, and they're digging, uh, like a hole in their backyard cause they want to like have a pool. And like, I don't know a hundred percent how they're planning to do that just by themselves, but they decide they're going to make a pool in their backyard. I also don't understand how a frozen chunk of ice stays frozen in modern day Encino, California, even if it is buried, like, four or five feet yeah. down into the ground or whatever. Um, you know, so it's like, you got to kind of check your brain at the door with this film. No kidding. Yeah. Um, and uh, they extract this massive block of ice out and they thaw him out like in his garage or something. Um, like I, I remember like they've got like, like hair dryers and shit. They're trying to like, you know, like, like, like thaw the thing out with. 
Um, and when he thaws out, he comes back to life. And, you know, as you say, he's a caveman, but they're like, what are we going to do with him? And so like, instead of like the kind of like normal thing of reporting it to anybody, they're like, you know, they do like that typical, like eighties, nineties teen thing. Like, well, we got to hide him from everybody, including our parents. So they pass him off as a foreign exchange student from like some like Eastern European. Yeah country or something like that uh which explains why he can't like speak and things like that um and they call him link because he's the missing link missing link you know um and they teach him how to skateboard and he wears a bunch of like crazy clothes he's got like some crazy hairdo um because i think he has like you know like like dreadlocks sort of like caveman hair at the beginning and like they kind of like cut it, clean him up a little bit, but he's like got longish hair. So he's got, you know, and like he shows up at the high school and instantly becomes like, everybody, you know, like kind of like this cool dude that like, you know, everybody's into, oh, this mysterious foreign exchange student and everything. Um, shenanigans ensue. Um, and then, you know, as with every kind of high school movie, I think it ends kind of like with like a prom. And I think there's some people that are like catching on that he's like a caveman and they're going to like spill the beans on it. And it gets a little fuzzy for me at this point. I think at some point, doesn't he find his like cave woman and they like go. Yeah, basically at the, like towards the end of the film, like because like I don't remember if this happens at the beginning, too, or if it's just at the end of the film. But um, there's like earthquakes yeah. like keep happening. I think that's even like so like the beginning of the film, like a fissure opens because there's like an earthquake. And then I think as they're digging their pool, I think there's like an earthquake and like that's what reveals it. And then I think at the end of the film, there's yet another earthquake. And then they're like, hey, guys, like we found this cave woman or whatever, you know, like and like, you know, like Link, like 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 I think they have her like in a bathtub thawing out. And like he gets like all excited and like like jumps into the bathtub with her and like that's kind of basically where it ends. The end of the movie. Like I think like yeah like there might be like some little like epilogue where now she looks normal or something too. Like but again like a lot of the shenanigans that happen in between I don't really remember. It's a lot of like as you would guess like just trying to like keep him yeah. secret and like oh they're almost gonna get caught and you know. Different things like that, and like, you know, like tight gags and all that kind of stuff. You know, like they're like a pair of like nerdy kids, so like he kind of like raises their cred with like some of the high school students and things like that. So um, I don't know. I just remember enjoying it as a kid. You know, like it was, it's perfect fodder for a nine or a ten year old um, of the early nineties ilk. You know, like like starting out trying to learn skateboarding myself with my dopey little skateboard and and my Bo Jackson stickers on the bottom of it, you know, things like that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. It, 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 again, super product of its time. I don't think it would have been as successful as it even was at any other point in time. No. Um, you know, Sean Astin plays the straight man to the very silly Link and Pauly Shore, um, Brandon, I, I should stop right here and say again, especially not for least of which, cause we've got some Brandon Fraser fans the, again, absolutely worth mentioning is our, a good friend of your and mine, uh, Joe, who also was very much, um, hoping that we would get this film, uh, I think as a double portion, cause he loves Brandon Fraser and because he thought that it might be a little torturous for you to be dealing with <laughs> 
with uh, with our our guy Paulie there. So again, shout out to Joe for for um, you know uh, also getting the word out over on Facebook yeah, and things yeah. like that for for uh, for this. I'll remember <laughs> that one. I'll remember it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, but uh, Brandon Fraser is the man. Um, I love Brandon Fraser. I love him in the Mummy films. Um, I love him in a lot of films. Yeah. Uh, I love him right now uh, in, Doom, in uh, uh, Doom Patrol. Yeah. Um, I, I still have to finish catching up. I'm not 100% caught up on the most recent episodes. Um, but uh, again, another product of like the early 90s and, and the mid 90s. Um, Kind of all over the place. Yeah, airheads. I love airheads. Oh, I can't wait till we get to airheads. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm saying it now. There'll be no vote that month. It will just be airheads. <laughs> yeah, stick with us for another two years. We'll get to airheads. Great film. Um, George of the Jungle was like, it was fine. Like, it was like a goofy, fun, like, you know, of again, kind of another like cartoon. Nobody was necessarily asking for a live action, but there was a period of time where they were doing some stuff like that. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other ones I really like him from. What's, um, is he that, in With Honors or something like that? Is like, is he in that movie? Uh, I'm not placing the movie in my head. It's like a the one with the, uh, I don't know. It's got the Madonna song in it. I think <laughs> there was that movie Inkheart he was in, which again was kind of like you know whatever. But I, I think one of the fun things about a lot of his movies, yes, he is in again, With Honors. I was right. Yes, there you go. Look at that. Um, you know, like he's in a lot of um, films and like I I would say that a lot of the movies that he's in are kind of kitschy or goofy. And honestly, that's what I like about him. Like I really get a kick out of like his goofiness. I think that's why the Mummy movies work so well and so well for me personally is he wasn't like that like stereotypical Harrison Ford, Indiana Jones type character in those films. He kind of lent like a goofier, sillier air to it while still pulling off like the leading action man. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, his film kind of, or film career, I mean to say goes downhill um, and he kind of disappears off the, you know, the charts for a while. And it's, you know, there's some stuff out there that kind of explores this and it's worth checking out. Um, I'm really happy that he's making a bit of a comeback now with, um, some kind of more recent things. I really hope that he can kind of pick up the threads of his career. He went into um, a really kind of depressive um, portion of his life and things like that. And I'm really kind of like bummed to hear that, you know, that happened to him. Like Hollywood kind of came after him in a bad way. Um, and it's it's really a shame because, you know, he he really shown in, in some of the movies that, um, you know, that he did. Uh, but you know, he's, he's kind of starting to make a little bit of a comeback, like a slow comeback. So I'm really hoping, uh, that he can kind of get off the ground. And I, I believe that he was recently cast, um, to play the villain Firefly, um, for the Batgirl, um, film coming up in, in DC. So, um, I really hope that, that things take off for him again, because again, I love him. I think he's a great actor. He's one of these people where I think most folks would have a hard time telling you that they dislike him. Yeah, he's genuinely likable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just super down-to-earth likable guy. Um, uh, Cliff on Doom Patrol, he is so damn funny. For me, he's the anchor of that show. He, You know, like, 
there's a lot to like about that show. It's very out there. It's very strange, like the comics are. Um, but he, if there's anything sort of playing like the everyman character, it's him. And I'm going to do it because he does it all the time. But he absolutely, every episode, at least like three or four or five times, is like, what the f***? and it's like the perfect like wrap up of everything that's always going on in that show he sort of grounds all these other weird characters even though he himself is like a dispatched brain in a robot Mm because he had gotten in a a car accident while racing he's like an ex-NASCAR kind of guy Um, but a lot of that show is kind of from his perspective in a lot of ways and he's always questioning, like, what on earth is, is going on here? So um, I love him to death. I know a lot of other people out there love him to death. So I couldn't get away um, from this point in time without without mentioning it. And I'm sure I'll reiterate it some when we get into the actual review of the film. But I, I couldn't wait to fanboy out <laughs> about Brandon. So so there you go. That's fine. I, that's fair. I, 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 I approve. I approve. So... A little bit of a, a sad point. Um, I actually had a really hard time finding a decent quality version of the Encino Man trailer. You know, a lot of the trailers that you and I look at in our in a moment to jump to preview review segment, we tend to find like where um, IGN or Movie Phone or whoever has put out like like a 1080p like nice quality you know throwback trailer to um, these original films. Nobody has done this for Encino Man and they really need to, you know, like it's kind of bumming me out. Like, honest to goodness, when we do our preview review here in a minute, I think the most recent copy of the trailer I could find was posted on YouTube something like nine years ago. Yeah, it says 20. And basically I had a choice between like nine years ago or 16 years ago. Wow, it's just And that's crazy. Yeah. So like somebody out there if you have the original nice quality Encino Man trailer, like post that shit, man. <laughs> All right, let's take a look at it in our preview review. Okay, I'll give us a countdown. Three, two, one. so again this is bumming me out that it's like poor old quality but like it also reminds me of like old times uh, Hollywood pictures two high school students on (laughs) (laughs) recently two high school students pre-sorry I like that they've got the 2001 uh, sweet music (laughs) oh my goodness this is funny (laughs) but look at like Brendan Fraser really selling it like everything <laughs> wow for the, for the listeners he's naked except for his little loincloth and we've got him from <laughs> a butt view <laughs> and snowman <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot he's mesmerized oh, by fire. fire oh my god he is so greasy <laughs> oh my Too goodness sexy. <laughs> this trailer it could literally They're just end it with the Encino <laughs> Man branding, but it's pretty funny, I'll say. Wow, this is a guy with the dork squad. Dork squad. <laughs> oh, he ran into the door. I do love Sean Astin. Dancing, I remember this dancing, uh, yep. What is going on in this trailer? 
This trailer is always crazy. <laughs> I can say I bet you they had a lot of fun making this movie. Yes, no, this is just insane. It looks so fun. Yeah. Um, Pauly Shore is the worst. The worst. Uh, he's a million years old. <laughs> He's gonna eat a frog. Oh man! Uh, what? Uh, oh no, buddy! Uh, <laughs> I love that they play a joke on that. That's pretty good. What? I have to say, I'm thawing May twenty second. I well, that's weird. May 22nd, because obviously, no, I guess it was. Yeah, because we had it last month. Yeah, yeah I'm forgetting that. Yeah, I'm like derp. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to uh, to rewatching this. Um, so much of this movie just came back to me in watching that trailer. Um, and again, like, I think shenanigans is the perfect word. It's just, it's just like nonsense. Like the yeah. whole movie is just them like just doing like goofy stuff and getting, you know, it's the, it's the typical fish out of water thing you know what i mean so i don't know I, i'm really happy that this got voted in i'm happy it got redeemed because it was so darn close with uh um lethal the weapon. weapon there last time and uh, i'm really happy that it, it made it around this time yeah and again if i'm really being honest out of this versus sister act versus patriot games i think this will be a fun one to oh i think at. this is gonna be a patriot fun i mean I, again like i said i was totally honest in saying it last time uh i would be so happy watching any of those three um, but I think this is like perfect 1992 nostalgia. You know what I mean? Product of its time. So, um, we will see you guys when we, uh, you know, uh, do our review in two weeks with this one. Um, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it. If you'd like to watch it before we do our review, check it out on Tubi, or if you have a copy of it, check it out where you can. Um, and, and you can, uh, follow us along when we, uh, do our review then. Um, now it's maybe worth uh, mentioning. I've been kind of doing this little baby, like in development uh, segment here at the tail end of our recalls, um, which maybe at some point needs to break out into its own thing. Although it's usually pretty quick. I caught word that Encino Man, obviously Encino Man is a Disney property, um, even back in '92. So it may be worth noting that there's rumors of a possible Disney Plus reboot with the original cast, but at this time. It's mostly just that, rumors, with no definitive information about production underway. So I thought for fun, you know, and we've got a little extra time in our show here than we usually uh, do. What do you imagine would be the plot for an Encino Man Disney Plus film or TV show now with 50-year-old plus trio? <laughs> well, again, I have vague recollections of how the movie ends, but I feel like it's one of those cases where they find another frozen person that like is links, you know, brother or sibling of some sort or something like that. And him and his uh, cave woman wife have to raise this, this guy and they enlist, you know, their two buddies to help them teach the kid how to be normal and maybe their kids 
help this kid kind of thing. I don't know. That's, that's how I see it. That's kind of where my mentality was going because Disney Plus is definitely, it's like, all right, family, you know, they're trying to find a way to bring the, the average age down to like new viewers. And with them being 50, you know, like if you start doing the math, like let's just assume, all right, that like his cave girlfriend, wife, whatever she is, is thought out. They get together, you know, like they've had kids. All right. Well, like a 50 year old, you know, presumably has a child in their late teens or something like that right. now. Right. Yeah. So you could basically or maybe even early 20s, you know, you could basically take off where they did. You know, now all of a sudden Link and I don't know what his girlfriend's name is. <laughs> I can't remember if they name her or not um, at the end of the film um, or if they do in that um, little I think we mentioned it. In, in the previous show, uh, the previous um, uh, two shows back that uh, they did a little spinoff TV show. Yes. I think it was either a pilot or made for TV movie, or maybe it did a couple episodes that was called Encino Woman. Um, and I, I get the impression it was about her, although I don't think I ever saw it. Um, so anybody ever saw it. <laughs> she's presumably named somewhere, but let's just say that then Link and her have a child that's in their like late teens to early twenties um find another kid in the ground find yeah a cave kid again and basically it's encino man all over except now like maybe link and her never told their child that they're actually cave people and now the kid is hiding the cave kid you know blah 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 <laughs> you know um and 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 that becomes the new the new series of a younger generation for a new generation right kind of like a uh, mighty duck sort of thing Exactly. That's the only way I can conceive of this becoming a thing again, um, because, you know, what possible new thing could Link have to right. see or do? You know, presumably he's, you know, acclimated with the times and has gotten a job and, you know, whatever, you know, so he's, like he's like an I accountant now, you know, I can't imagine like, you know, in his mid 50s, he's got some new. Yeah, yeah. He's got probably some dopey. <laughs> Like thing like that that he's stuck doing, but I can't imagine that you know he's got some new thing. But obviously, if they get the original cast back, it would be featuring them in some way. So it might be that you know the government is trying to get a hold of this like specimen or or something like that, and like now the three of them are helping their kids to like keep them hidden, something like that. That's kind of where I I would picture something like this going. I would also love it if it if Paulie Shore didn't play Paulie Shore, like he played like like now he's all grown up and serious and everything, <laughs> and it's like wait, but he's not doing the hey buddy thing, and then maybe there's moments where he slips into that, but like now yes. he's like all proper, he's like a, like I'm like a Hollywood lawyer now or something like that, some sort of. Stupid thing like that would be great. I don't know. I'd be okay with that. So now it's funny. Like in the grand tradition of um, shit, fill in the blank for me. The uh, the original podcast you guys were doing. With uh, sequel. So in the grand in the grand tradition of sequel quests, you know, you guys did you guys ever like cast these films or I. I mean, I'm sure Adam did. I'm sure I was not on an episode of Encino Man. I mean, what's hard for me is like, you know, again, these are youngish people and I don't really know a ton of youngish actors. But like, do you have anybody like, let's say there's a new young Link, right? Like, let's just like figure out that character. Like, who would you replace that Brandon Fraser fish out of water character with? Do you have somebody you would think of these days? 
That's like a like a high school aged actor. Um, hmm. Or like mid twenties. I mean, like it's this is like it's tough. Like because like like I say, I, you know, this is where I'm starting funny. to date myself. You know, like I don't really know a ton of young you know who actors anymore. The kid who plays Ned in Spider Man movies. <laughs> so it's a bit of a cop out, but I was going that way myself. And and here's what I was going to say. I was actually considering it being a female character and going with somebody like Zendaya. Mm-hmm. So funny enough that you and I both went to like that kind of aged character and and both coincidentally from from same kind of film. Like I thought she might be able to play somebody that's kind of like fun. Um, she's got like the long curly hair. She could pull off that kind of like crazy caveman hair when she comes out of the ground sort of thing. Um, but I'm sad to say and it's lame to say that I don't know a ton more people you know, like, in that age bracket. So theoretically pull anybody from like the Stranger Things cast would be kind of... I'm kind of tired of the Stranger Things cast. Like, uh, here's a tangent. Have you started watching the new season of Stranger Things? I watched the whole Things? thing already. I watched the whole thing already. Of course I did. All right. I watched the first episode and I was like, the show peaked at season one. <laughs> now, I know um, the Retro Network just put out a roundtable review and I have not listened to it yet because I have not finished uh, the season. So I'll, I'll let I'll finish the season and I'll talk to you more about what you think about the season on the whole. But I have to say, I watched the first episode and I was like, you know what? The first season of this was really cool, really fresh, really original. The kids are all really fun. They were younger at that point in time. It was getting to know diff- these different characters. And then I'm watching this first episode of the show, and it's like some completely brand new characters that I don't recognize are being haunted by a spooky. And the main kids are just fighting with each other about watching a basketball game or playing D&D really disingenuous to their friends that he's not, they're not going to go watch him at his basketball game because they want to hang out with this like quasi, like what they consider to be cool kids, leaders of the DND crowd at their school have never needed that before. Meanwhile, what's your face is selling friggin' encyclopedias the whole time. And I'm just like, I was just waiting for something interesting to happen. And I was like, so I'll give it a chance. I'll keep going. But I, honest to goodness, first season was good. Second season was worse. Third season was meh. And fourth season, I'm just like, I kind of like, I might not get through it. <laughs> I, I will say um, I really do enjoy the this fourth season. It's really fantastic. Um, there are parts that really drag on a little too long. But overall, as it gets into it, it's really terrific. And it's it's much more horror than the other ones. And it's very cerebral. Um, the the problem I have with it now is they've added so many extra cast members. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like that first episode was about people. I'm like, who are these people? Like, why do I care? You'll learn what 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 it's about. But basically, they've added so many new characters, and all of them are good in their own right. But we don't spend enough time with each one of them enough anymore. But like it again, like I can only base this on, like I said, the first episode. So it might be an unfair review, but to bring this full circle to me talking about the Stranger Things kids, I just didn't care about any of them. Like the episode started and I was just like, whatever, like the one wants to play basketball, the others want to be in this hellfire club and like nothing interesting was happening with them. And I was just like, you know, like, uh, who is it? Will? Yeah. uh, was the one that was in the upside down. And then. I felt like he was either barely in this episode or like, it seems like they're making it like he's like not 
changing or doing anything. I don't know. Like it was like weird. I have theories. I think there's a lot of things that are left out. And as I got to the end of the season, they left a lot of loose plot threads all over the place that I'm, I'm hoping they tie up because they're going to be releasing two more episodes in July to finish this fourth season. Um, and then I think the fifth season is going to be the final season. Um, so I'm not really sure where it's going to go from here, but it's very interesting as it comes all together. But that's a whole total digression. I haven't listened to the TR. Uh, the total, <laughs> I almost called them total request. Nice. I heard it coming. Yes. <laughs> TRL. Uh, the Retro Network's review on it, but I got to check that out too. Um, but yeah, I, I would say somebody like Zendaya would be a great casting for a new Encino person kind of thing. Well, especially too, you know, and again, with the trend of things, which I think is a positive trend, you know, like sometimes they're replacing these more traditionally cast as male roles in female roles. And it might be a fun, you know, thing if like Sean Astin had kids and Link had kids and like, you know, they're a bunch of girls and they're helping the new Encino girl out. You know, it might just be like a fun, different way to approach right. the same, the same thing, you know? Um, so that would be, that would be my vote. So, uh, let's, let's wrap this sucker up. Um, and, uh, we've got our, um, big movie quiz. I've got the cards all here and available for once. So, uh, dealer's choice. choice. Yes. Uh, action movies, comedy classics or Oscar winners. I think since we're doing a comedy, I'll do some comedy classics. Okay. We're going to run out of, uh, comedy. Ones at a point. I'm like actually waiting because like if we do, th- there's, a hundred questions. This has a hundred questions in here. I feel like they mean a hundred cards <laughs> because there's three questions or two questions per card. I know maybe it's two questions per card, 50 cards. So like, you know, we do six cards per show. We're going to run out of these at some point. <laughs> then I'm going to be stuck with Oscars. And I'm gonna yeah, be- we're going to have a slog where it's just going to be all, all Oscar winners. We're going to have to figure out something new at a point. Okay. Um, Ted Stryker. Captain Ov- oh I should I should mention for maybe first time listeners we we usually do best out of 6 and see how well Michael does. Mm. So let's see how he does today. You've been doing pretty well lately. All right, Ted Stryker, Captain Over and Rex Kramer are all characters in which film? Oh, uh, Galaxy Quest? No, you got to think older and funnier. <laughs> Uh, Stripes? Airplane. Oh, Airplane. Okay. All right. What is the name of Count Dracula's daughter in Hotel Transylvania? I have no idea. I've never seen that movie. Really? Yeah, I've never seen it. Those are great movies. I don't know if, like, what Grace is into, what you guys show her, um, but both kids love the Hotel Transylvania Mm -hmm. movies, which, like, the funny part for me is that these movies were a really cool tool in getting them to be less afraid of what they consider to be scary things because like Zoe in particular like when she was younger like any sort of like scary thing like like she was so freaked out you know like anything like a vampire whatever and so I'm like trust me just watch this movie it's very silly and she's like really into them now so um, definitely worth checking out the answer in case you're curious is Mavis all right. I am 0 for 2. This is not looking good. Yes. All right. But this one I think you'll get. What was the name of the sequel to Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? Honey, I Blew Up the Baby. Uh, close. 
<laughs> Pretty close. Honey, I isn't it Honey I blew up the baby or Honey I Honey I blew up the kid? There you go. We'll we'll give it to you. Yeah, it's Honey I blew up the kids, which oh. is a they do in fact blow up the baby, but the title is in fact kids plural, which is bizarre because they only blow up the one kid. Yeah. Uh these were movies I I I loved these movies and these I definitely saw in yeah, the big time, me too. I, I loved how uh what's his name? The dad had these Ignorant character. I don't know, like Zelinsky was his last yes. name. Uh is it Jeff? I don't know. I can't th- Rick. Rick no. no. Something like that. But he he, <laughs> he created a solar powered car and it had like those sort of wings and I was like this is so far ahead of its time. <laughs> uh, all right. So you're one for three. Not too bad. All right. In what year was As Good As It Gets released? Ooh. Um, I want to say it's either 1999 or 2001. Close, but no cigar. 1997. Oh, okay. All right. Who starred in the 1963 version of The Nutty Professor? Oh, uh, what's his name? Um, is it Jerry Lewis? It is Jerry Lewis. All right. What is that? Two out of four? Two out of four, yeah. Right, let's of- see if you can't bring it in for an even 50%. Which 1980 film was Harold Ramis's directorial debut? Oh, that was Stripes. No. No? What? <laughs> no? I'm all right. Don't nobody worry about me. <laughs> Caddyshack. Oh, Caddyshack. <laughs> oh, boo. not pull it out. I, I, I messed you up by saying how well you've been doing lately. Yeah, so you really, <laughs> really screwed the pooch on that one. I jinxed you. All right. Well, uh, let the fans know how they can get in touch with us. So if you'd like to chat with us about the show or get in touch with us via our social media channels, you can find us at Box Office 30 on Facebook and Twitter or Box Office TH. I-R-T-Y on Instagram. You can also go to our website, boxoffice30.com, and you can go to our T Public store and get some summer swag. Maybe you want to wear like a Box Office 30 tank top to the <laughs> beach, you know? Who knows? Get yourself something nice. <laughs> um, we also want to, as always, thank Jason and Mickey of the Retro Network for giving us our platform and hosting us and sharing all of our quizzes and you know, promoting us because without them, we wouldn't have a home and it would just be the two of us talking to each other about nothing. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Um, Anyway, check us out in the next two weeks. You'll hear Encino Man. We're going to drop the Batman Returns bonus episode I did with uh, the the Wizards guys. And um, we'll put a whole bunch of this stuff out and you'll hear me Complete. I'm actually listening, uh, looking forward to re-listening to that because it's been a minute. I think I listened to it a while ago, but it's it would be fun to check it out again. It's a thing. It's a thing. <laughs> but I, I will say I am hoping to be pleasantly surprised by Encino Man, mostly on the backs of Sean Astin and Brendan Fraser, you know, and maybe I could do like a phantom edit and just cut out all the Polish Shore stuff. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> but as always, thank you guys for listening. We look forward to hearing from you on our socials, and we'll see you in two weeks. Bye, friends. Shoot fly, don't bother me. Shoot fly, don't bother me. Shoot fly, don't bother me. Because you belong to my friend Link. <laughs> Bye, buddy. I was waiting for you to say that. <laughs>